Right, people, welcome back to the Bad Blue Podcast. We've got another special guest on the day, Christian Roberts, who runs Spartan Bear Knuckle. How are you, Christian? All good, my man. Yourself? Yeah, good. How's lockdown been treating you? That's the style. That's the style. Yeah. So, uh, that's the one. Um, right, we'll just get some of these sponsors away and then we'll start talking to Christian. Um, just like uh, uh, on this one, it's cbdselection.co.uk. Um, check out their website. They've got plenty of products ranging from CBD, uh, vapes, oils, uh, e-liquids, all sorts of types of products. Uh, CBD helps with all sorts of uh, many things. Um, I'm not going to say it works for everybody because everybody's different, but it helps more than it doesn't help. Um, if you've got anything from suffering from arthritis, uh, psoriasis, anything like that, head over to the website, check out, have a look, see see what they've got to offer. We've got a, a discount code here for you: ten percent BBP six 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 BB. P666 for 10% discount. Marty? Uh, I just shout out to the crew over at New Hemp CBD. Uh, another CBD based uh, business that they provide CBD oils, vape oils, CB, CBD bombs, you know, stuff like that. Uh, you can find them at www.newhempcbd.co.uk. And if you want to go on and have a look and you think of buying something, uh, I've got a discount code here for 15% off. And it's just plain and simple, all capital letters, Lee. That's L double E, and that's for fifteen percent off. Right, Christian. Welcome to the Bad Blood Podcast. How are you, mate? Really good, mate. Thanks for having me. Ah, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on, mate. You first formed Spartan. Uh, it's well. What makes your company different is you're a pit fighting company, aren't you? Rather than the normal big, the bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, we, we uh, when when I had a look at the market when I was coming back because people don't really know that I was here before with another company called CMS Promotions. CMS uh, Promotions. And, yeah, CMS Promotions, and you know, um, I started that and I took a partner on. Uh, he was the son of former gangland enforcer Eric Mason. His name was Michael Mason. Right. Um, you know, and he passed away sadly at 30. Um, my head fell off a little bit. We uh, had a look at the market before I come back. Had a look, you know, what was doing the hay bales, and boom, Spartan was born. Like Eric Mason, I've seen a documentary, uh, what Steve Rafe doing, um, when he was released from prison. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah, cracker. That's, that's how I'm familiar with the name Eric Mason. Um, how was Michael as a person? Uh, he's a cracking lad, Michael. I mean, he got a bad beat because of who his dad was growing up, you know. Um, but he, he <laughs> Michael's famously wouldn't make anybody easy for himself. You know, he, he had a load of tattoos of the craze, his dad and other people put on his body and then appeared in the Daily Star, called Crying Ink, <laughs> uh, with, with pictures of him all over the So Michael's idea to stay low-key. Um, so, yeah, we just kind of basically... You know, we, he, he passed away at 30, sadly, it kind of really affected me badly. Um, to this, to the point where I, I left the game, the, the company collapsed, I left the game. I, I didn't want to hear about bare knuckle boxing ever again. And, mm-hmm. and then out of the blue, I got a phone call, you know, and my partner was telling me to, you know, get back in the game, it's what you're good at. And I just didn't have to drive for it. And then I got a phone call off 
an old friend who's pretty well known in Bare and he's a pretty well known traveller, James Quinn McDonough. Yes, I've seen uh, uh, documentary Knuckles. How long have you known James for? How long have you known James for? I've known James ten years or so. Wow! What? Because that, that documentary Knuckle, oh, that was yeah, brilliant, wasn't it? Fantastically done that. How long was that done over? It was. It took ten years to build it. Wow! Great imagine the stresses and how hard it is to try and get a company that's <laughs> view not just not your company the sport and rat and, and whole like it's sort of frowned upon not not to me not to my team because we love any form of combat sport um, yeah. but how stressful was it to try and get this off the ground suffered really bad I'm not going to lie um, you know because you know you're always no matter what you do whether it's the, the way you cross the road the, 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 the way you ride to the shop on your bike you're always going to have somebody who says you're wrong somebody who doesn't agree with you haters haters play a big part you know they fuel you to carry on but the stress levels I mean bare knuckle fighting is not the easiest sport to get in you know and we're a new company obviously the established companies don't want to see us where we are now because mm -hmm. you know uh, there's other promoters out there with big venues who spent hundreds of thousands to get where they are today. And I've just done it for fucking fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but admittedly, the first two years, probably the hardest I've ever had it. You talk about health implications. How... How... Can you explain them? Yeah, I mean, stress, anxiety... Um, I actually contracted a really bad chest infection, you know, borderline pneumonia down to stress because it kills your immune system. And, you know, and then wow. I was trying to do it all on my own and then I took on a team to help me, uh, an event organiser called, well, we'll call him Paul Spartan in this interview because he doesn't like to be known in that world. So mm -hmm. we'll call him Paul Spartan, got an event manager, um, got a fight manager in Stephanie Bagano, 
and I just found that things started, that the, the workload started to lift. I think my biggest mistake to begin with was I thought I could do it all on my own, and I really couldn't, you know. So I've, in the last two, two year and a half, I've learned the value of having a team around you, you know. And like I say, my partner's been a massive help. Yeah, how long logistically did it take for you to get things off the ground? It's only really, to be honest with you, it's only really the last, the first the first show was underground. We had about 20 people there. Yeah. We weren't having the license off the police, um, so we, you know, fucking, we did it anyway. Um, we made sure we didn't cut any corners, all the medics were there, we had no staff, we had everything was in place, but we just didn't have a license. We run it, I told the police had done no trouble, they weren't called to the event, bang. Then the second event was pretty much the same, no, no license, no license for it. So I, I then got into a bit of a wild one with the police and said, listen, I'm going to have this event next up. He said, no, you're not, if you do, you'll go to jail. I said, listen, I'm having it, I'm going to post the pictures on your police website. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. Um, and the third time when we announced the show, they actually called me in then and said, listen, if we can't stop it, we'll work with you, but you're going to have to adhere to rules, which we do now, and we're fully legal licensed, only fully legal licensed bails company, as far as I'm aware, in Europe. So, uh, when, do you know, in those first couple of shows, yeah. how, how difficult was it to promote them? That's crazy. That's mental. Yeah. <laughs> that is crackers. What, 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 you said you, you had uh, trouble with Doncaster Police, hence why you had to move to Bradford. Yeah. Why, why did they frown upon it so much? Rest in peace. 
policeman. Big shout out to him. He was a very promising boxer. He was shot dead in a book through a window by a lad. And wow. they emailed him on the Monday and said, in the right of what happened, we don't think adding more violence to the community is what we need right now. So, Which I understood and I do still understand to this day. Yeah. Uh, but then to say to me, you know, put a license in for Spark 4, we'll do that for you. Then I put it in, they knock back, they keep the 30 quid off the license. It's just a license to buy around the drinks at the next council, doesn't it? But, you know, he, <laughs> he kind of told us in his own words, and I do quote on quote Andrew Steele, you will never have a legal license show in my town. That was his words. So we moved it up the road 10 miles to Bradford, 20 miles to Bradford, uh, Bradford, no issues. Had our first show on a football pitch in the circus tent, absolute classic. Uh, the lights failed at the end of the show. <laughs> so we got all the crowd up off the feet, lift 250 kilogram hay bales into the field outside of the spotlights, and we threw them in the pit to let them finish the show. Uh, that's, that's how you do it, eh? Improvisation, I'd explain this. come and adapt. Improvisation, and I think that's when people thought, you know what, this kid's really trying, you know? Good uh, crap, mate. From that point, Spartan 4, that the public really got behind us then, like. Yeah, how, how different did you... So, because... Clearly, from the first couple of shows, you expressed difficulty in promoting, relying upon trust, upon friends who knew friends who knew wouldn't say nothing, stuff like that. How was four compared to the others? Uh, again, we had it, uh, I think four was it. Yeah, it was on the, the field in Bradford, sorry, yeah. Um, we had that there, that was, sorry, I, I got mistaken. Four was the time the lights went out. Right. But then, after four, we had five, but we got a better venue then in Bradford. Right. We had six acres in Bradford, and that was a big wedding marquee. And that was a massive step up from us, because, listen, we're not embarrassed about our roots, right? Mm-hmm. We've got rival promoters saying to us that a bunch of clowns in a circus tent. Now, these are million millionaire rivals who are sniffing around my fighters now, so they're signing clowns out of a circus tent. But we, we're not... We're not about the roots we started in a circus tent then we moved to the wedding venue and everyone said wow this is a massive step and then the last show was in a four star hotel in Bradford you know which was pay per view as well so listen in three shows we've gone from being in a field with everyone wearing wellies to being in a four star hotel and being pay per view around the world good that's stuff a, that's a good big stuff jump, big jump in class you're saying um, mentioning how how difficult was it to get in matchmaking from one to five did it progressively get easier or with the more you're doing it's getting easier now because I've seen some of them fight before right so I can sit down and say right he's going to be a good fight for him he comes forward he gets on the back foot he'll, he'll trap him in an ABA space and then the, the guy on the back foot's going to have to fight you can get technical then but when it's new faces it's harder to do so that being said We've not just got Spartan anymore. We've got Spartan Wars New Blood, which is a company that runs behind us and it finds new talent and puts them... They have a free fight deal. Uh-huh. If they impress after three fights, they're offered a professional contract. But the beauty of that is I've seen that fighter fight three times and know how he works so I can match him with guys on the main show who makes for better fights when you know what's coming. People laugh at me when I say this, Christian, but there's a technique to matchmaking, isn't there? It is. It, because if you make a mistake and someone gets hurt, it's on you. 
Mm -hmm. Because it, it, you know, and it, let me just say a typical example of this was Spartan Wars Five. Uh, Tony Meehan is our world lightweight champion. <clears throat> now he come into the sport fighting a guy for the vacant world title. The guy was meant to absolutely cream him because he was good. Uh -huh. But the guy who he was fighting turned up and quit after ten seconds and worked out the pit because he didn't want to come be asked. So yeah. Tony found himself in a, in a fortunate position where he got the world title by doing nothing. Wow. Then in his next fight, he matched him with a guy who had never seen fight again. And he beat him in 10 seconds and everyone was knocking him. So the third fight, I, I picked the well-known fighter and hasn't seen Tony fight twice. When I announced the fight online, I had over 200 inboxes from people on Facebook calling me a shithouse, a wanker. I never had a clue what I was doing. The guy he's fighting is twice his size. I had to get the guy to weigh himself online to show everyone he was 11 stone 6. Wow. So then we couldn't believe the size of him and they were saying, oh, you've got it wrong. Tony's only had two fights. This guy's had seven fights. He's going to get battered. Tony went in and beat him. Absolutely battered him. <laughs> Not one person inboxed me and said, bloody hell, Christian, that was the best fight we've ever seen yet because it's still one of the best fights we've seen on Spartan to date. See, that comes in this business is a time where you must, must, must take a risk. It's inevitable, yeah. whether the yeah. it, 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 it it's just inevitable. It it's it helps it, it helps improve the fighter's potential. It greatly enhances yeah. the skill, and it doesn't become laboured in performance when they're just fighting the same um, level of opponent all the time. Listen, to me. I'm, I'm the difference between me and the, most of the others. I'm not going to say all. I mean, you know, the, I was asked in an interview the other day, do you, do you like all the other promoters in BKB? Do a fuck. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. do I respect the job they do? I'm living the dream. Make course I respect what they do. It's, it's honestly, it's one of the most pressurized jobs you can have because you only have to overlook one detail in your show collapses. Yeah. And then when the show collapses. I get called a shithouse, a wanker, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know this, don't know that. So, you know, I do respect every other promoter in the fight, but what makes me different is I care about my boys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I had a friend, a personal friend, he's had one fight, one win, and he, he rung me the way, he said, how come you've put me in with my, with my next opponent? I'm better than him. How come you? I went, listen, I'll fucking decide how good you are. You do get in with him. He's, what I come to contemplate here is the last fighter, the first fighter I put you in with, only fights on the back foot, so it was a chance for you to attack. This fighter only fights on the front foot, so it's a chance to see how you defend. Yeah, mm. that's it. Like you know, and you, you step them up gradually in class. This avoids injury. Now, the reason I say that is for other companies that have been calling my fighters clowns. Now they've signed them and they put them in with world class fighters. Well, if they were clowns before, what have they come all of a sudden become world class overnight? Yeah, yeah, I get your point. I get your point. I'm not. People will match any fight to sell a show. That's all I'm going to say. I, I'm not knocking any company. You've got to start somewhere. That's why I believe. I, I believe competition is healthy. I, I really do. I believe that the more competition there is, the better. It's healthy for the mind. It's healthy for the business. There's more opportunities yeah. for fighters. Um, although it, it might become a pain in the arse to try and match the best against the best and poaching may, may, be, may happen um, I, I, I do believe competition is healthy how, how is your company approaching future endeavours for 
cancelled events that you've because of the pandemic? Well, the pandemic's pretty much fucked the world, hasn't it? Let's yeah, it has. Um, but, but that being said, we're in a fortunate position, to be fair, because where, where other people on lockdown have looked at other companies and there hasn't been a thing come out of them on the press, there hasn't been anything on Facebook or what they're doing or anything else. While lockdown's happened, I've prepared Spartan 7, Spartan Wars New London, Spartan Wars Newcastle, you know? So yeah. we've got we've got 65 fights on three shows ready to go. That's 130 fighters ready to fight. So the order of play is going to be the start of lift things now. Now, if they say to us in a few weeks, we're, like I say, and, and this is, you know, meant we are very fortunate that we've got a good media team who can get the licenses and run it pay-per-view with no crowd if need be. Yeah. So we're in a good position. So we're, we're not too stressed at the moment. We, we Obviously, we want to get the next show on. And we definitely want to be lifted because I believe the show we're going to put on in Howley Spring in Gateshead, I believe that's going to be the best Bales come, uh, best Bales show ever seen in the history of it. Oh, so that's something to look forward to then. Yeah, man. That's going to be uh, Spark Wars Tyneside. We've launched another company, Spark Wars Tyneside. Uh, a legend on the northeast, Gary Furby, the governor. Oh, yes. Uh, the real yes. governor. Very, very familiar with Furby. The real governor. Yes, I did. Yeah, fantastic show run by Darren Darren Tindale. Absolutely brilliant. I made friends with him on Facebook today. I found out who he was now, so I'm going to give him a ring later. I'm going to make sure that we both sing off the same hymn sheet. We both avoid each other's shows, so there's a piece of pie. See, there's nothing in Newcastle with bare knuckle at the moment. Me no, and there's not. No. There and we believe the Geordies love it. Aye, right, Stuart, it's mint. We love, we love for combat it's, sport. It's the worst form of combat and you could possibly get. It's absolutely it's just pure gentlemen going for it. Someone said to me the other day, what makes you what you're doing so exciting? I said, listen, mate, you're getting what you've got in BKB in a ring. Now, don't get me wrong, anybody steps in a ring, cage, pit, doesn't matter where you fight, you deserve your utmost respect. Oh, of course, I Definitely. Ring BKB is no different from boxing for me. It's just got no glove on. It's still technical. It still can be one on points. Listen, there's never been a fucking points win at Spartan yet in six shows. Everyone gets sparked out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that there's 130 fighters. Obviously, I'm, I'm not too familiar with how everything's run, like pr- promotional-wise and stuff on the BKB side. I'm only f- sort of half familiar with how it's done on a boxing scale. I know personally from working in the boxing industry that we know that small hole boxing is pretty much done until next year. Um, how is Spartan Wars working around to... Not how can I put this? I, I, we're former fighters. We've got a we've got a biased point of view, but we see everybody's point of view. For the fighters, are we? How is everything going to be accommodated for them? Or peer wise, ticket wise, is our restrictions here? Is our restrictions there? How does the truth is we don't know. Um, the truth is just um, I can't reveal too much about Bradford, um, mm. but all I can say is. Things are looking up really fast. Yeah, that's um, good. That's now, good. We named the 8th of August for the show. Now, you, you know, it's all going to be down to Big Bad Bozzard, isn't it? 
Understand that. You're opening the boozer. How can you not open a sports venue? That's what I'm saying. Oh, see, that's that's the thing. Um, that's that's where my first initial worries were when all this come out was because my interactions with not too well-known fighters. I'm not being disrespectful to them. Um, they're just starting out their careers. Um, but it's they were all based on ticket sales. Now, I posted an article from Boxing Scene when this was all first happening um, from a friend in America and I got a bit of backlash from the fighters saying how's this going to work when we've got, like, when we've had income capped and stuff like that. How much of a headache has it been to work around that? Everything's been a headache, mate. I mean, at the end of the day, We've sent all the tickets out to the fighters now mm -hmm. for Newcastle. Now, what we've done is I put a memo up the other day saying nobody has to pay for the tickets. Nobody has to do anything until we've got concrete in. We know what's going on. Uh -huh. Now, I spoke to some officials the other day. Now, here's the way, what lines they're thinking along, yeah? yeah? Now, the lines thinking along is this. Um, he said it could be that you have it and you've got a selected amount of audience. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be that they let you have a full audience, but they've all gonna get gotta wear masks. I mean, I'm being realistic here, who the fuck's gonna wear a mask after five pints? No, exactly. That's that's that was one of my initial reactions when well, the um British Border Boxing Control were trying to put stuff out. I, I just couldn't see how it would work with like because some fights need a big crowd. I mean, for instance, your your man Michael Marsh Marshall. Uh, how uh, he's not the his type. Wait, well, just my personal opinion from watching him. He he's the type of person who thrives off that good crowd. Yeah, you're right. He, he absolutely seems to just relish it, and to me, a crowd brings extra performance out of you, extra incentive. Yeah. Um, I agree, and one of the things I said was, if we did run the show in Bradford, not Newcastle, Bradford, mm -hmm. yeah? Yeah. One of the stipulations I said was, we should put it to the fighters, first and foremost, and see if they want to fight in with no crowd and stuff. But then I had the thoughts of, I watched the UFC a couple of weeks ago with no mm -hmm. crowd, and that weird? Uh, yeah. It's not the same, mate, is it? All the men talking and the commentators and everything. In the pit, uh, in the cage. So, one of the things I've said to me event organizer is, if it was run by the fighters, would they prefer to have the fights with no audience, not pay per view, but in the background have a DJ play like a cheering crowd? <laughs> ah, that's no, that's possible. You've, you've got to have these conversations. This is what I'm saying. This is how we get around these problems. Um, when when having these conversations, though, is it? 
It, it, it is, it's weird, because I'll tell you why, I never ever thought, nobody ever thought this type of stuff would happen. I mean, oh, it's, it's just in, out the blue, really. in February, we were practically living, what, we were normal? <laughs> Everything was thrown. Well, to be fair, mate, to be fair, um, my partner's dad passed away last, just Christmas, just gone. I'm sorry but to hear about that. Yeah, no problem. But we, we kind of lived with him for the full year up until Christmas in London. Uh, and in November, I shit you not, I was that ill that I thought I was going to fucking pass. I'm not joking. I was in bed for three days. I mean, she, she come in the room and said it smells of dead bodies. That was <laughs> <laughs> no. So I had a chest infection. Um, my eyes were streaming. My head was banging. My ears had blocked up everything. I got, I got a thing with the doctors he said you've got a respiratory infection that's all have some antibiotics three sets of antibiotics three weeks later i managed to get to me beat but i really believe the end of november start of december last year i had covid 19 i believe it yeah i'm i'm a firm believer on that my partner was absolutely ill she couldn't hardly breathe she honestly and not just that uh, do you know the i'm saying crappy do you know the parliament channels <laughs> On like the on the red button, they had a, they had a thing like breaking news on the bottom. Um, COVID death chart in between twenty eighth of December and twenty eighth of May. I was thinking, hold on, this virus only come out when was it? March, April time was it? And you're saying the death rate is in between December and um in May. However, some it's not right there. No. The whole situation stinks in my eyes. Does. Well, I said a while ago, um, I don't know whether, you know, COVID-19, I don't believe that COVID-19 was started on a fucking meat market in China. It's I not. don't believe, but I believe there's a war being battled here behind the scenes that we don't know about. 100%. Now, I don't know whether China were, were developing that weapon and they've spilt it by accident, or whether they've dropped it on fucking purpose to teach everyone a lesson, but all <laughs> I know is this from the facts that you've seen. When I watched... President Trump say it comes from China. Uh, yeah. He will do something we don't. Uh, definitely. Because the question him and said, why are you being racist? It's not racist. It comes from China and that's that. Uh, that is, uh, do you know what? I'd, I'll probably get a bit of backlash for saying this. Um, I, some of the stuff he says I do not agree with, but his policies and the way he's going about them, I, I agree in some sort of way because he's straight talking, he gets to the point, he, he doesn't cut, he, he, he wants to benefit Americans and that's his people. I'm, I'm all for that. What? Well, the bottom line is this, mate, if, if we, I mean, I'd like to get this straight. I'm in no way a racist and I'm in no way prejudiced and I welcome any, some of my best friends are Asians, some of my best friends are foreign, you know, but. Yeah. Why the fuck are we letting people in this country without a trade? Why aren't we like Australia or like Trump's being now saying, fuck off, you're not coming in? Yeah, um, like I say, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not a racist, far from it. I, I, I don't hold a grudge man against a man for his colour of his skin, his nationality, his religion or nothing like that. Um, very, very straight down the road. I'm a fair person. Um, that what your type of characters in your com, uh, promotional company who is your main guys my main guys mm -hmm. okay um, 
too many to list to be fair uh, we've got Michael Marshall he's the world heavyweight champion yeah that's the guy that's the one who I've been watching um, the machine <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, 1000 he's yeah he can fly man he can fight he's, he's a, a blink kid as well like he's a tra- traveller heritage he's a, he can really scrap yeah he's a got, uh, tough tough kid man you've got Tony Mian lightweight world champion yes I'm sure he Contra. just followed the podcast so a big shout out to him and we've got a guy as well Robbie Adamson British lightweight champion he's going to be one to watch along with Tony um, his last fight with Jacob Williams mate I was I'm telling you now just about to say that turning, I turned to me photographer at the side of the pit and went fuck I hope one of these get knocked out soon because we're going to have a death oh. do you know That's what I mean even if we got knocked out we just had to stop it because of the cut on Jacob's chin Mm-hmm. let me tell you this they come in after round one and both of them have broken jaws oh wow the pain barrier to sustain that type of punishment is you've got to go to another level you've got a broken jaw mate we're going to have to stop it we're fuck now I'm just getting started <laughs> I mean even fighting fighting spirit that like even fighting with a broken nose is like really bad oh, so like, a broken jaw I, no I couldn't <laughs> It's these. This is what I'm saying. These types, oh, they, they're just different type of people. Aye, they're just ready for it. Yeah. Ready for it. Honorable uh-huh. mentions of top stars to look out for are going to be Darnell John, the middleweight European title holder. Um, someone said to me the other day, "Why do you rate Darnell John so high?" I said, "Well, he's had two fights in pit fight." He said, "Exactly." So why do you rate him so high? Went well in his first fight. He beat Dan Hunter, who's been champion at BKB at the O2, champion at Bearford. It was his first fight, and he stopped him in round two. I said, oh. his next fight, Burgers Luke at him from Italy. Wow. He's vastly experienced, and he blitzed him in a round. Crazy. What's his background? Pardon? What's Darnell's background? He's just... He's just a normal guy who lives on an estate in Doncaster who's had a few boxing matches but had fell out of love with the game, seen pit fighting, come along. The minute I looked in that kid's eyes and nearly pissed me pants. He's so intense, mate. Honest to God, and I just thought, you know, this kid has got that something in his eyes. You just know that there's something different about him. What weight's he? He's middleweight. He's 12 to 13 stone. Crazy. Uh, so, Christian, you've got like 130 fighters. How many divisions have you got? Six. Six. And we're extending it to. We've got at the moment. We've got lightweight, middleweight, super middleweight, light heavyweight, cruiserweight, and heavyweight. Right. Well, soon we'll be adding. We'll be adding uh, featherweight, which will be because at the moment the weight starts at 11 to 12 stone. So we're going to make a 10 to 11 stone in featherweight. And because of the size of the guy we've just signed from Poland and everyone's voted, <laughs> he's 25 stone. He's going to have a go. Uh, now everyone's saying, well, you're saying heavyweight, 16 stone and above. But if you've got a 16 stone guy getting him with a 24 or 25 stone guy, that's nine stone. Ah, there's still a massive difference, isn't there? Uh, huge difference. Who's so, so we're going to give him a tiny bit of leeway. And mm-hmm. in October, we're going to make a super heavyweight division which will be 18 stones plus oh excellent right. so uh, can you just go nice and slowly through your champions please yeah of course can lightweight division at the moment you've got the British lightweight holder as Robbie Adamson 
Yeah. You've got the world lightweight holder as Tony Meehan and the European lightweight belt and the transatlantic lightweight belt are both vacant at the moment. Right, vacant. Middleweight division, you have got uh, Duan John. He's the British middleweight champion. And then you've got Darnell John, his older brother. Wow, is the really? the middleweight champion. And again, the world title is on the line on the next show, which Darnell will give up his European and fight for the world. Um, and the transatlantic vacant. Super middleweight, the only champion you've got is a British champion in Jamie Hendry. He's three fights, three knockouts. Um, he's going to fight for the world title on the next show, so that'll be a world title. The other two belt, three belts are vacant. Uh, um, light heavyweight, you've got the British title being contested on the next show, by, oh, on the Newcastle show between Darren Wilson and his opponent up your end. Uh, the European belt is being contested by Marty Barnes, uh, who, again, what a guy he's going to be to watch. He's had two fights and knocked them both cold. Oh, and, um, and he looks he looks every bit what he is. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. He's going to fight for the European next against Richard Benn, so we'll have a European champion in the light heavyweight. Uh, Josh Fisher is the current world light heavyweight champion. Again, only two fights. His first fight was probably the best pit fight I've seen live in my entire life. Um, oh, and who was that against? But that was against Alfie Welsh, and they absolutely... I'll send you the link after this. And yeah, they please absolutely do. And each other to a standstill. Oh. Yeah, I want to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then you go up to the cruisers. We have no champions in the cruisers at the minute, but the no. cruiserweight British title's being contested on Spartan 7 next. Um, and then you get to the heavyweights. So your British heavyweight title holder is John Hutton. He's a, a six foot seven, twenty-six stone guy from Scotland who enters strong man comes. Wow. Um, he's just retired and given up the British heavyweight title. Um, and we've got the world heavyweight title that's won by Michael Marshall. You touched on earlier. Yeah, the beast. <laughs> yeah, and the European uh, is vacant and the transatlantic title um, Ben Jim just now I'm thinking <laughs> uh, I can't think of a second name uh, Ben Waddington he's your transatlantic heavyweight title holder now but we're flying Donald Wanchin from Canada on Spartan 8 to fight him for that Donald who sorry Donald Wanch, he's a big Indian guy, like a red Indian from Canada. Wow. Fourth man on all platforms in America. Oh. So he'll come over and fight uh, Ben Waddington for the Transatlantic Belt Spartan 8. Wow. What a matchup. So with you having these vacant titles, um, do you have any plans in place to get these slotted, um, get these belts um, taken up or... Are you more focused on the champions you've got and just willing to just let it flow and wait to see if you've got... We've got established champions, but there is belts vacant. But now now we're getting serious. Now we're getting to the business end. Like, everyone thought I was going to put world titles and uh, uh, European titles on in Newcastle. Mm -hmm. But what I've decided to do is I've decided to put a couple of northeast area titles up there. Oh, uh, I like that. Well, we've got Chrissy Bennett, who's a very oh, good fighter. Oh, fantastic! Aye. 
Definitely, he's a really, really and good I fighter. You, I can give you a bit of an exclusive here that Chrissy Bennett has just signed a pro contract with us for the next year. Ah, uh, oh, mid. That's, uh, that's, yeah, and that kid can really fight, by the way. I can't. <laughs> well, actually, it's funny you say, should say that. We're, we're from a gym who actually he's, he boxed one of our mates, <laughs> Josh Johnson. Um, it, it, Josh is only a young but he put up a good fight against Chrissy. Chrissy even said he that was it was a tough tough kid. Um, but yet I'm very familiar with Chrissy's. Uh, but the thing is, and the thing is as well. Um, do you ever remember a fighter called Martin Conception? Yes. Well, okay, he lived in Leicester and he stepped up to BKB at the O2 and he only had two fights and he was like, "Fuck that." <laughs> yeah. Listen, it doesn't always work out. So like I was saying to Chris on the phone the other day, I've seen him fight. Mm-hmm. He's very slick fighter, very slick operator, but you've got to understand, listen, did someone said the other day, what's the difference between your fighters and BKB at the O2? I said, well, they're skilled artists who dance around like boxers and they've got a real talent. Mm-hmm. These guys are just fucking killers. They're just <laughs> coming at the cabinet. You don't care about skill. Yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, they're just going to head on. I think Chrissy will do quite well, actually. I, 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 I do. I think Chrissy will do well if he can adapt to the small space and he can see. The thing is, they say boxing doesn't help you in pit fighting, but if you've got a skilled boxer who knows how to plant his feet and move his upper body, he's gonna have an advantage in it. Well, Tell that to Ricky Hatton. I, his all his yeah. best work was done up close. Mm. It's an art. A fighting inside is an art in itself. It is. Hundred percent. Like I said, the best, the best. Uh, someone said to me the other day, "Who do you think would make the best pit fighter, Mike Tyson or Ricky Hatton?" Oh, aye, oh. aye, monsters. Both of them notoriously, when they got close to you, just took the wind out of yourselves. Didn't aye, they? Mm-hmm. they wanted to hurt you, like they wanted to be up nice and close while they did it as well. Ah, uh, that's that's what I'm saying. That I, I do. I think Chris will do well. I think oh, his style suited for that. Right? That's, that's, that's a good transition. That. <laughs> yeah. Aye, aye, Dougie Cullen. Dougie. Yeah. Dougie Cullen, looking forward to seeing him fight. Uh, what a nice kid he is, by the way, as well. Aye, he's a top lad, Dougie. Aye, uh, he's he done, he done well for himself in his professional career. Aye, aye. I'm, yeah, it, I'm looking for, again, see, the things like this to me, when I hear about the records and the reputations, is the interesting part for me isn't will he win or not, it's how will he adapt that arena yeah uh, it's a total change change of atmosphere yes he's still there to fight but it's in a pit it's it's not going to be like a boxing match <laughs> you see the thing is they say to us what's the rules it is exactly the same as boxing what we do yeah, yeah. we don't have any rules or anything else apart from if you get dropped you get 20 seconds to get to your feet and yeah yeah, yeah I've seen, we, seen that before yeah. on shows but every, all the other rules are the same apart from we do encourage a little bit of dirty boxing. If you're up against right the belt, you do put your arm around his head and pull uh, him down and start whacking him. That That's okay until it gets out of hand and then he'll be ripped apart. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, if you've watched the fight, you'll know they look pretty professional. They do handle themselves pretty well, the lads in the pit, to be fair. It's, it, like I say, it's, it's, it's an art in itself. Um, I, I honestly really do think that, like you say, not all boxers can adapt to this. 
this sport it, it's just not for everybody um, shots are thrown different angles is different defending's different mm-hmm. there's no point in defending with your hands on a ball because you end up cutting yourself more times hitting your face hitting your own face off taking punches so it's yeah, That's very powerful. Another guy who turned up with a fucking pit fight and Levi 501s and a pair of Timberlands. <laughs> <laughs> I like that stuff. I like that style. I, I would love to get to speak to him at one point I, if I could. I, like, I, I'm local, if you're listening, I know he feels that strongly about it that I actually fired him for turning up in the. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a character. What a character. So, Christian. Well, gentleman Brian is is he so Steve Steve's Steve's one of the guys who I've looked up to for years I really have honestly and just his work ethic the the stuff he's doing selflessly like in his early career and it's only about time that he is doing stuff for himself I I do I I look up Steve a lot Um, his career he's done fantastic for himself I spoke to him on inbox on Facebook and uh, 
He's a cracking bloke, you know. We've also got Norman Buckland, the governor. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, the governor. He's our meter and greeter. Oh, um, I genuine fucking head case that just shouts from the sidelines, yeah, I'm the fucking governor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, that's... Listen, there's a good buzz about us at the minute now, and the, and the place we want to be is Newcastle. We, we know that you're these love fucking scrap. Oh. So we're coming there. And we're gonna we're gonna hit rank the arena. I can tell you now, if anybody's listening to this podcast and you're fifty fifty on buying a ticket, tough because we've already sold twelve hundred and fourteen hundred allowed. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll have to keep us to a ticket there behind. You're <laughs> <laughs> my guest. You can come and sit with me. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Uh, so, okay, have you? Can we were speaking on Saturday um, on the phone saying? A couple of things that you were telling us. Can one of the things that you've got planned? Um, can we speak about? Not. I don't want to speak about the the guy. The the question mark. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't completed the deal with the guy. I'm ringing him after you. But I expect in between that, if I've got the announcement to make, I will make sure that you can plug it on your podcast in some way. Ah, uh, you're the man. I That's appreciate absolutely that. Spot because, on uh, that how, what about your plan for a certain like type of reality thing? What we spoke about? Can you speak about? Yeah, man. Um, in January or February, I think it's looking more positive for January now because we've got all the stuff in place. We've got a good media team. Um, I announced it in the group about a month ago, but I think everyone took it with a pinch of salt. But this shit's getting real now. See, <laughs> this is why it stuck with me. Oh. We've got a property in the countryside ready to go and we're going to be putting 16 heavyweights in it and we're going to do the ultimate pit fighter, the same as the UFC ultimate fighter. Wow. Can you can you name a location? Uh, all I can tell you at the moment is in the countryside because we've got to get the permits for it. Yeah, yeah stuff. That, that's, that's absolutely fine. Sorry, listen, I'm going to be giving it. Amazing. I will definitely nip down every Friday night and throw a couple of trays of Stella in and stand back and watch the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a style. Um, because I like that. That that concept is. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. BKB, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm looking forward to that concept because yeah, this is that. definitely it's going to unearth some. What you already know as them, the characters, but it's going to give us opportunity to see them, not just in the pit. I ain't fucking about here either. I'm, I'm flying in people from America, um, Poland, Italy, Spain. Crazy. Listen, this isn't just going to be Spartan fighters. These guys are going to be fucking killers, and whoever comes out of it comes out 10 grand richer with a professional contract and a shot at the heavyweight title. Bloody hell. It doesn't really get much better than that, mate, does it? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're just looking to bring something a bit different. The company's different. The arena we fight in is different. You know, and, and, you know, I have all these different promoters. Who, one's in particular, I'm not going to name, I'm not going to give my time, but they're constantly slagging us off the company. They're there. What are you worried about? Yeah, you're not worried exactly. about the time of our fucking life. Ah, that's a style, like. So, have... You know, there's enough of the pie for every promoter out there. You've just got to be civil to each other. Yeah. That's it. Like, like I said, like I, like I said previously, I believe competition's healthy for everybody. I do. I, I believe that. I honestly. The only problem is, know what the fuck is doing the a bales. <laughs> that's what. See, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a shame because 
Imagine the inter-tournaments you could have between promotional companies, between fighters, who you could match between each other. Well, I have put a finger out last week and said in 2021, round about February or March, we don't give a fuck who you are. Come over and see us in the pit and we'll smack you up and send you home. That's <laughs> it. Any other promotion out there who thinks they can convert from the ring to the pit, be my guest. It would be good if it's a station or a, a company could pick it up and get a team from a certain promotional company or either promotional company get a team from each, get their Aye. weight categories in, unnamed team members, and then scrap off team member by team member. Aye. I would like to say that. Yeah, and, and, another, and another first for the UK, and another first for Ben Bank, and another first for anyone is. On Spartan 9, we're going to have a fucking three-a-side fight. <laughs> I've seen them in America, a three-a-side fight. And in fact, I've seen them, I'm sure I've seen a couple of team ones in Russia. Oh, I, I'd, yeah, I'd love to do something like that. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> Matty, that's the type of thing you would do. Uh-huh. Hmm? Can you repeat that, sorry? What, what's that, Christian? Absolute that's fantastic news. Brilliant news, that. That's, yeah, that's that, that big. A banger because the following. Hi, congratulations. And Michael Marshall in the build-up to the fights at Newcastle. Wow. See, because there's only been a few made. I mean, we did ha- get that series on Netflix. Oh, where, uh, what's that? Mine's went blank. What's that like with Sean Smith? That's, sorry, uh, yes, that's the guy. I can't believe I forgot yeah, his second yeah, name. I want to know fucking near as good as what we do, don't worry. <laughs> I, because that's what I'm saying. There was that one and there was a James McCrory one. Oh, uh, that's the only two I've seen on YouTube and uh, uh, Knuckles, sorry. But obviously with that being a 10-year, following James for 10-year, that's on a bit of a different grand it's scale. James is a really good friend. You know, we speak quite often on the phone, me and James. He brings me a couple of times a week. And I remember when he first, when we first met, he was like, have you seen Knuckle? I was like, well, no, what's that about? <laughs> I'm in it. And I remember watching it, and at the end of it, when I turned it off, that's probably the best fighting documentary I've ever seen. Yeah, it is a really, really good Absolutely documentary. I, I love Knuckle, honestly. I'm- it's pretty good, like, you know I mean? You know, James is a nice kid. James is doing a few things in America right now. I was on a podcast, the same as this, in America the other week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, have you ever heard of a guy called Dada5000? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I have, yes. Well, just for the fact that I'm going to share this podcast in America. So uh, I'm going to say to him, Dada, if you get to watch this, you're a fucking shithouse. He, 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 he arranged to have a show where he doesn't bring his backyard brawling over from Florida to us. We, we, we agreed to pay all the terms, give him the contracts and everything. Disappeared. What? Neighbor. Disappeared. Little shit house, mate. And I, t- and I called him on the American podcast as well. He's a shit house. 
Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I have seen it. I have seen I have seen him, uh, I, I didn't see the actual documentary, i just seen him on a clip of uh, George Masvidal's uh, Miami Hustle. He did, he did, aye. he had his own stuff in the back, back garden, aye. he did. He did. Yeah, it was actually Kimbo Slice who discovered George Masvidal. Aye, that's aye, that's right. But it was, I'm familiar with that story. It was, um, it was the gym that George Masvidal was fighting out of. That was like one of, I think it was his Thai coach. His Thai coach was having like a backyard fight, and and it was actually data five hundred of five thousand or whatever. He's. I remember it when he had the ponytail in that. Yeah, that's I think yeah. that's the one. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, that's how I'm familiar with him. But I do remember. Um, his fight with Kimbo Slice as well. I, I remember that. That was uh, yeah. that was that was. That was great. Great. He burned and yeah. died of heart attack because he's that unfit. If yeah. you're listening, I'm ready to serve you up. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, that was definitely. Um, it, I'm sure I was pumped full of steroids as well. I'm very positive of that. Yeah. I'm sure I read of that. Um, he's a clown. Anyway, he got all our lads excited. He was putting the contract in the post, and I sent him a couple of videos, Michael Marshall's and Jacob Williams's, and I never heard from the fucker again. <laughs> Into the wind. <laughs> Into the wind. Good idea till it becomes reality, isn't it? <laughs> That's crazy. So, right, uh, Christian, can, can we possibly get an, another hour out of you, possibly Thursday or Friday? Of course you could. Because... Like I say, I w- there's a couple of things I want to touch upon, but like I say, I'm stretching it for my bandwidth. The last podcast was extremely long. We're having to do part two, um, but this this is what I want to continue from as well with you as well, because like can I say, can you give a couple of shout outs to me sponsors? You can, you can plug your sponsors for the, as many times as you want. Okay, so we want to give a shout out to Ecotech Systems. Uh, the Governor Sports and Nutrition, um, Scott West Shellfish, um, Pick the Entertainment, uh, Pay Me Caps. Oh, fuck it, I don't remember anymore, mate. I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, like I said, I, I really want to get another, like, be great again another hour away because there is stuff that I want to go over. It's just I'm hitting yeah. my limit, but honestly, Christian, you've got no idea how much I appreciate you're taking the time to speak to the Bad Blood podcast. Um, you've been an absolute diamond. You've spoke it how it is. You've told it how it is. And we couldn't ask for no more than you put honest. Uh-huh. I, I really appreciate that, mate. You, you've got no idea how much I appreciate it. Start more because I'm going to get you both off your fucking bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that. Uh, Christian, that's on you, that. <laughs> right. right, thanks very much, Christian. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, if we can arrange this for, like I said, uh, Thursday, uh, Friday, or Saturday, I'll greatly appreciate that. Yeah, man, you've got my number. Just give us a hit, and uh, we'll sort it out between us. Yeah. Oh, fantastic, mate! I look forward to it, mate. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, same to you, mate. Thanks very much, Christian. Bye, Bye, mate. Tada. That was some time. There's some good things to look forward to, really. Crazy.
crazy guy, uh, looking forward to that. He's aye. selling how it is. Um, it, I like him. Aye, aye, I like him as well. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to the stuff that he's got planned. Aye. I mean, uh, it, it, it's interesting to say the least. Definitely. I'm, I'm intrigued with this reality, like, uh, pit fight off and that, like, mm-hmm. that, that sounds incredible, that. Everybody's got to start from somewhere. We're starting from the bottom. Everybody's started from the bottom. Um, Christian's made success so far out of the, the shows he's done. So. And us at the Bad Blood podcast, can't wait to see where he ends up. Uh-huh. Wish him all the best. Um, like I say, everybody's got to start somewhere um, to see where he's started from and to where he's getting it to. From it's a quite field to a four star hotel. Impressive. Impressive. Um, again, I'd like to give a shout out to the sponsors, Supreme CBD. Uh, for what a waddle, what a mistake. Shout out Supreme CD, CBD there. That's Anthony Fowler's guys. <laughs> Sorry about that, but now you are. Uh, <laughs> CBDselection.co.uk. And the guys over at New Hemp CBD. Give a look out, go and take a look at the website, see what products have got to offer. Again, would like to thank Christian for his time. Spartan Wars, pit fighting, check them out. Crazy, crazy, crazy times ahead. <laughs> Stuff to look forward to. Um, again, thanks for listening, and we look forward to bringing out the next podcast. All right, right. Ta-da,